and welcome to the Business and Pleasure podcast, the show that discusses what it's really like to be a digital nomad. We talk about the ups and downs, the lessons learned, and the big discussion about whether you can really have it all. Today, we have Carla Fernandez on the show. Carla is a designer who empowers creators and founders to launch their digital product ideas using reliable no-code tools. She's about to launch No-Code Craft, and she was a digital nomad for seven years. Carla, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell us what you were doing before you became a digital nomad and why did your digital nomad journey begin? Sure. So the whole thing starts in about 2011. I was still an employee and I realized that I had a lot of projects going on on the side. With those projects going on on the side, I said for myself, like, you know, it's best for me to go into a freelance route. So I decided to go on it. And after six months, I came to Europe for a 40-day trip and I realized, oh my God, like I just spent 40 days traveling and working and uh, already most of the people that I was working with, most of my customers were dealing with me via email or Skype at the time. And since I was able to do keep working for 40 days and travel, I realized that uh, I didn't need to stay in Brazil anymore. So it was really just realization that came out of a trip. Yeah. Not really something very fancy, but uh, yeah. So it was a sort of like, okay, I can actually do this now. I could potentially make this work. Exactly, exactly. So I had these customers on the side. I was not in touch with them directly every day. And I could just travel and keep working with them the same way and explore travel. So I realized for the first time, even though I was doing freelance and work on the site for a long time, that I could do this during travel. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think at the time that there were not even this digital nomad lifestyle or anything like things like as it's this it was 2011. So it was very early. Uh, for these that came up later on, like everyone was doing, seeing the opportunities that it is for you to go to a country where it's cheaper, mm -hmm. that you can also experiment so, some culture. But uh, I realized it just by chance. Yeah, yeah. And when you realized that, when you thought, okay, maybe that this is something that I can make work and I can explore, how did you navigate that change in lifestyle? You mentioned you were sort of already in Europe, so I guess you had already sort of started that. Was there anything that you implemented to help with that change in lifestyle? Because it is quite a big change. Oh, great question. So, yes, it seems as I, I said a very resume of it all, of course. So what happened with me was that after this trip, I went back to Brazil and I realized I could not stay there. Like I really actually loved Switzerland. Mm -hmm. I, I came to Switzerland and I saw it and I loved it. And I, I couldn't really come back here because you know you can stay three months in, in, in Europe and then you have to stay some months outside. So I went back to Brazil. I sold everything I had. I kept only the things I could having two luggages of 32 kilos. That was the baggage allowance to come to Europe last <laughs> in 2011. Today's 23 kilos, so yeah. you cannot really carry much. <laughs> and uh, I sold the rest. Mm -hmm. So I sold the rest. I donated to my friends. And um, I realized I couldn't come to Europe. 
but I didn't want to stay where yeah. I was. So I went straight to Buenos Aires. That nice. was my favorite uh, capital in South America. And I spent uh, there about six months. Oh. Uh, so in there, I had a lot of plans. And then I started with this, like, oh, so how do I get customers now? How do I speak with mm -hmm. them? How do I profit from the life I have here? Mm -hmm. How do I use my time best to accomplish what I want for work, but also have fun in my life. And would you say that was answered by the digital nomad lifestyle? You're working hard, but then you're also sort of exploring, you're feeling that, feeling that excitement that you have. Curating a life that includes work more around what you want. It's like the classic, you're not working to live, you're living to work. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. It seems that when you love your work, like I do, you carry it everywhere yeah. you go. <laughs> and when you can do and when you can have a delightful life around it, of course, it's the best of the words, right? So if by working digitally, creating digital products, using internet and just needing an internet and a computer to do my work, it really allowed me to do all yeah. of it, travel and work and have fun and explore, mm -hmm. right? Like uh, in the end, you, you explore so many ways that you are not even aware, right? Like I lived in so many places by today and uh, I learned different languages. I understood different cultures. I I have a good things and bad things yeah. of every place, but of course you, you should always keep looking for the positive things. And uh, I do miss little things in every place I have. Been. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really nice. It's a really nice point as well. You are constantly learning and experiencing and taking things in and new things that you wouldn't experience if you were in one place. So I think, yeah, that's a really nice point. And when it comes to sort of finding that that work balance, uh, work-life balance, how did you approach that? Come to a conclusion that you wanted to work three days a week and then have a long weekend and in that time you would explore? Did, were you quite flexible in your time and your work and you could change up the days did you have problems when you were trying to figure out what worked and what didn't work I think it's a lot of trial for me it's a lot of trial and error and it changes weekly <laughs> yeah definitely exploring was a big mm -hmm. thing big part of it and understanding what was working and what wasn't was not part of my schedule, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> like, uh, to start with, I, I was I was like, okay, I love what I do. And then I was working just yeah. normally because I I was already a freelancer. I was already working at yeah, home. You, you knew how and, it worked. Um, I just changed to another home. Exactly. I just changed yeah. to another home, right? And the, the only difference was that I still had the same flexibility and I could... Uh, maybe get less projects because I wanted to explore more the city or I started to give a little bit more value mm -hmm. to my time. 
because now I'm not just at home because when you are at home, you are so used to it, right? You are there in your desk, you have it every day, you go for a walk around the block and you have kind of a routine. Yeah. But when you are traveling and visiting a different place and working, you have to find a way to fit in your schedule something. So most of the days I would work in the afternoons pretty much every day. Like in the mornings, I would try to take some more time mm -hmm. for myself, but I would also work. And in the evenings, definitely I would be off. So I would go for a walk at the end of the day by five, explore the city, go to meetups, uh, um, meet new people around design too. So that was a great interest to understand what other designers were doing in these other places. Mm -hmm. We have been sponsored by Hacker Cabin. Hacker Cabin is an amazing community for remote workers, digital nomads and bootstrap founders. You can find it at hackercabin.com. I'm part of Hacker Cabin and I love seeing what other nomads are up to. It's a great space of inspiration for me. It's a positive, healthy environment that I love being a part of. And um, we actually have a discount code. When you're ready, sign up with discount code Lydia10 to get 10% off your Hacker Cabin membership. Thank you so much for the sponsor, Hacker Cabin. Definitely, that makes sense. And you mentioned you were in Buenos Aires for six months. Did you find that being there for a long period of time helped you with the overall um, experience and journey? Did it give you a chance to, you know, settle in, find that routine and lean into it? I think the biggest influence of the longer time I spent there was to me to improve my yeah. Spanish at the point that my French was gone <laughs> <laughs> because they're both very similar languages. So this was the biggest mm -hmm. impact. I spent there six months, but I had a break in Uruguay because in South America, you also cannot stay yeah. more than three months <laughs> in the country. And, <laughs> and these are rules that actually are very interesting to learn, like these um, transitory rules that you go to a place, you cannot stay there for longer. And then you start to learn which countries actually accept you for a longer time. Like, oh, this one, six yeah. months, I can yeah. spend there. Oh, one year, two years. And, uh, and and then you, you have the advantage of also pointing up to the map where you want to be, right? Or realizing, you know, when you don't have a house and when you have just two luggages, you have such a freedom, yeah. right? So I left uh, Buenos Aires uh, after six months uh, when I was in a conversation with a customer of mine that was that is French. Actually, I asked him, uh, David, I really want to go to London. I uh, really need to improve my English. My English is really terrible. How do I get to London? How much do you think I need to live in London? And then he he's French, right? He lives in Paris. And then he says to me like, Carla, uh, why London? I think, you know, it's pretty clear that Paris and London <laughs> don't, don't go well with each other for some reason. A bit of a rocky relationship. <laughs> and then he's like, why London? <laughs> Why right? And then I said like, oh, yes, well, London, because I can improve my English. And then he's like, well, but you already speak French. And I'm like, yes, but I need to improve my English. And, um, and I said like, well, and Paris is pretty much expensive. Right. And he said, like, London is the same. And then I'm like, yeah, but still. Has the <laughs> so I was really like that. And he said, like, Carla, I'm moving to Morocco. I'm moving, definitely moving to Morocco. I opened a company there and uh, my flat will be in Paris uh, empty for six months. Why don't you come to Paris and 
stay in my flat for free. Oh, wow. You don't need to pay me. We are already working together. You take care of the, pl the place. And then I'm like, are you really sure <laughs> that? Are you, is that is too this good true? to be true? And then he's like, yes, I'm sure. Exactly. And then I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, okay, are you just... Because I'm a nice person, I ask you again, <laughs> before I book the flight. Are you sure? So, <laughs> are you sure? And he said, yes. And I'm like, okay, very nice to talk to you. Now and now I need to close off, finish our call because I need yeah. to look at the flight. So I could come back and I went to Paris to see his place for, for, for three months. Yes. And then I went to Morocco to visit his house there too. Huge house. Um, amazing. Like, um, he, he, he's really dear to my heart. Like I treated me like, uh, um, many people wouldn't never like, you know, a, practically a stranger. Of course we worked together and we had some acquaintances together, but it's like, uh, you know, it's a mm. customer. Mm. Um, and, uh, it was amazing. I met his family, met his girlfriend and so on and had a lot of fun. So I think, I just would be able to do this. I think, no, I'm sure. I'm sure I would just be able to do this if I just had that mm. two luggage with me, right? Because if you have to think about all the details you have to accommodate, to just book a flight and go somewhere else, to spend whatever time without a, a ticket oh, back, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Never yes. a return. Yeah, I think it is freedom. What worked for me when I first started out, because I used to be a big planner, everything was planned to a T, very organized. And what I sort of quickly realized with being a digital nomad is you don't have to be that well planned out. Everything sort of figures itself out. You'll come across new people and you'll want to do what they're doing. So your plan will change. And I think it's... um just from that point of view, I've learned a lot as well. And I've definitely grown as a person and feel a lot better for it because it's an exciting thing. And when I think when you're working as well, you can sometimes get lost in your work and the stress of it. And you've just got to sort of take a step back and remember, oh, actually, well, I'm in Argentina and I'm working and this is on my time and I can just go and have a weekend away somewhere. And I think... Yeah, it's the it's the whole freedom thing that's such an an amazing thing, and I think that's why so many more people are probably well because it is more accessible now as well. I think more and more people are getting into it because because of that. Yeah, you start to take advantage yeah, of the opportunities. Exactly. You are open to it, yeah, as you were never yeah, before. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, I know so many people that uh, are stuck in their job and they wish to leave or that uh, receive the, even a proposal and don't leave because, oh, you know, I have not been there in this job for so long. So I'm not going to the other job because that you look bad on my curriculum. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. So when you are in this stage that you are really open to opportunities, you see anything as opportunity. Like you said, it's really just sort of taking all the opportunities and running with them and having faith that it's going to work out. And also if it doesn't work out, that is also completely fine. You'll figure it out. That's what, that's what I told myself a lot when I first <laughs> started. Much better than the regret of not doing something. You were a, a digital nomad for seven years. Could you tell us a bit more about that? 
Yeah, so this was my first year and um, I have to say Switzerland was always mm -hmm. the base, right? Like uh, in my head and uh, in my heart, I was always coming back here. Like I say here because now I live in Switzerland, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> finally, I think that was the only go up about the whole <laughs> nomad, digital nomad life. Yeah, from Paris, I came here. From here, I went to Berlin because I wanted okay. to stay in, in Switzerland. So I needed to learn German and some someone told me, yes, for you to learn proper German, you should go to Berlin. And without even stepping there before, I moved there. And it was amazing. I met so many people. I started to work there. Like it's, it's a very great, great place to be. Uh, Germany was a lot in my, my, my trajectory because they are the biggest, like I would say that they are the openest country to receive mm -hmm. immigrants. I know, at least from my own experience, like in Europe, I would say that if, if I wouldn't say that is the easiest to get in, but I would say that they do see the value that you bring in when you are a foreigner and that you are capable of doing mm. work. So it's not just really about your nationality, but it's really about the work you can do and uh, how you can uh, help the country uh, economically. They really support you. And I was really amazed by the support. I lived there in, in Berlin. And then later on in the end of my digital nomad life, I, I also ended it there in Munich before coming back here. And uh, in these two, I went, I, I would like to say just that I went for three months to Turkey, to Italy, to Greece. What I loved most about of this journey was that in every place I kind of learned a little bit more about myself because I was having to do everything from zero. I needed to do new yeah. friends. I needed to find new places to like. I and it can be very stressful when you you are moving from place to place to to be aware of all these changes yeah. and not be just okay. I arrived here. Are you get inside this house and that you stay here awake uh, working all the time and not going outside and not interacting with others. It it takes a lot. And I am an extrovert, of course, it was not that complicated for me, but I would say that it was not that complicated because in my childhood, I was moving mm. from neighborhood to neighborhood and from town to town, which I really hated. You know, it was very frustrating to do this when I was young, but it's when I got older and I start to experience life this way, I actually realized that I was just able to yeah. do this and to keep it yeah. going because of my Yeah, shadow. you've been well prepped for, for the digital nomad life. <laughs> you started young. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It started early on. But, I, but, you know, it took me ages to realize that that was so much what I needed to do what I was doing at that point. So I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about uh, nutrition, how you, you know, uh, how you cook better, I would say, because every country also yeah. teaches you a little thing or two, right? You are in Greece, you go for 
these beautiful salads yeah. and uh, you go to in Turkey you get in love you fall in love with their yogurt so you learn so much in the way and that's why was that is are the things that I actually miss about each of them because oh here I had a routine that was running every day near the sea you know looking to the Bosphorus bridge oh here I was around the beach and uh, I could go there in the morning coming in the afternoon to see the sunset and those little moments were so precious and it passed mm. so fast the self-growth which I think is an amazing part of being a digital nomad as well when it came to the work you mentioned you were a freelancer how did you approach finding new work finding new clients did you struggle with that that is really what happens most of the time. So I would treat all my customers very the best I could in every project and they would refer me to other customers. So most of the time I would not go out and search yeah. for new work, even though I was registered in several platforms. I actually never saw so much traction from those platforms like uh, Upwork or Freelance. So most of the time my customers came from recommendations or yeah, the best good thing was my website. My website, so I mentor people that want to become a UX, UI uh, designers. And even for them, I believe that the best when they finish their courses, it's really to find the neighborhood store that has a terrible website and offer mm -hmm. them to revising it to create a new version then go to upwork find work i i really believe in this personal approach and i tell you like uh, uh before i i i got into this uh, freelance i did that so many times like i stayed in a hotel they had a horrible website it was terrible booking and uh, i hated it so much i just wrote them saying like you know i'm staying at the hotel but i had just a horrible experience and i just imagine how many people just give up in the middle and i would love to redesign your yeah, website this needs work <laughs> i think as well a lot of people sometimes are put off by um going up to someone or you know introducing themselves and saying this is what i think of your website or your brand or whatever it is and suggesting some solutions to, to that problem because you're you're putting yourself in a bit of a vulnerable position you're putting yourself out there but i think nine times out of ten it will work out Instead of sort of waiting for it to come to you, the sort of mediocre jobs go out there, find what you enjoy, find what you like and work on it. Even if it is for free, you're building up your portfolio. And once you've got that into a great place, things will come easier. Exactly. What would you say your biggest learnings were personally and professionally? And also what were your biggest wins and your biggest losses? I think the biggest learn, probably you laugh about it. Every time I would go to, when I was an employee and I had the time to wake up, I had the alarm clock to ring, right? To, to me to not be late. Uh, as a freelancer or just traveling around the world and like uh, in really living this digital nomad life, I didn't have a alarm clock and I would always wake up mm -hmm. earlier. And what I learned with this, you may also believe it now, is that every time you have to go to the airport early, 
and you put the alarm clock, you you kind of be late because you always <laughs> need more yeah. time. But if you don't have an alarm clock set, you wake up <laughs> earlier. And, the stress. Uh, because you don't have the yeah. obligation. Like, yes, if you don't have an obligation to wake up to do something, uh, that takes you out of it and then you just want to stay in bed and procrastinate. I don't know what is it about. It. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm teaching my husband to not use an alarm clock at all. <laughs> and he is now really waking up early. <laughs> and I do wake up naturally. So I think this was the biggest thing I learned is that people that put alarm clocks on, it's because they really feel stressed about their like their commitment yep. because on Saturday and Sundays they you wake up early, but I think nobody actually related this with the obligation of waking up still. So I think this, it's a silly learning, but I, I think it's very valuable to, to think about the things you are doing if they really are what mm -hmm. you want to do. So if I am very excited to work on something, I tell you, I probably wake up two hours earlier than the, the normal time because I can't wait to, to do it. And if you are really pushing the snooze button, you should uh, review mm. what you have been doing. I so, like that. Yeah, this was the biggest review also in my project. So when a customer would come to me and have these briefing calls and they would tell me about the project, I would really evaluate if I would be excited to work. Mm -hmm on it and if I would be excited to wake up earlier to work on it. So if I wouldn't be, I would just uh, decline or put the price uh, three times. Maybe that's not really the right strategy, but it's like sometimes it's so hard to say no yeah. to projects too, and you have to learn how to do that. And you, you should not get every project that goes mm -hmm. to your hand just because it came to your hand. If it's really not something that excites you, that you are as much as excited as your customer, you shouldn't do it. You should allow it, someone else to do it and you should spend your time with something else. And I understand when people say like, oh, you know, but I need to pay the bills in the end of the month. And uh, yeah, sure. In the start of, your, of your career, you may have to take some projects that you would not like to yep. work on. And I definitely understand. But if you do, you should treat it as the best thing you yeah. ever have. Because if it's paying your bills, it should be good reason enough for you to wake up yeah. smiling and doing that project. If it doesn't, you are not yeah. doing a good job. And you won't deliver a good job. And probably that won't fit to your portfolio. And probably the customer won't be happy about it. Uh, unhappy customer, you tell about your bad work to 10 people. And they won't refer you to anybody. So what's, what are the wins yeah. of doing a project that you actually don't want yeah. to do? So when it comes to your biggest wins and your biggest losses in those seven years, what would you say they are? So the wins, yes, I learned German. I, I can say I can speak some English now. Your English is amazing. And, um... <laughs> Better than my English. Uh, I still am speaking Spanish. My French is almost <laughs> gone. And um, I'm learning Italian, but I'm very happy that I'm able to communicate in several languages. And when I go travel to these places, I, I, I feel kind of home yeah. somehow because I can communicate, which is really great. 
The other win, I would say that I got some more confidence to speak with uh, people and uh, being mm -hmm. talks, uh, mentor others, um, speak with you here on a podcast and uh, talk about my experience doing my during my normal digital normal life. I also got some more confidence in my work because I have seen what other people are doing. And even though it's the best you can do for yourself is really to compare you with yourself uh, 10 years ago. So if I do that, uh, even a month ago, I probably am better today and I'm glad for that. So that I learned to compare myself with myself throughout this this time because I had to learn so mm -hmm. many things that were not there for me. Learning other people and understanding other cultures has been also a huge win. I would say that when I go to Brazil now, I'm not really Brazilian. You know, people there feel that I'm a little bit different. And here I'm too Brazilian. So you are actually a mix of everything and the good things you learn throughout your journey you yeah. take with you like I, I really like the people here that are organized that are systematic that uh, are you know this much honest and those values that i really agree with i am taking off them from all these mm. places and i think it's really beautiful to be able to see the difference between the culture and get what you actually love about about it into definitely. your life definitely and what would you say were your biggest losses in that digital nomad time? Yeah, you are a kid, you get some birthdays, uh, some cakes, and then you start growing up, you get some times you go to the graduations, and then suddenly you get your friends going to weddings, and then the kids, the first kids, <laughs> and so on. I lost that. I lost that with all yeah. my friends. I did. And... Uh, I was there somehow, like, you know, saying hello, sending a picture, but still I didn't have that experience and it was frustrating at the times, but the most, the biggest frustrations, of course, is like, you know, your family doesn't understand you. I would say <laughs> like my family didn't understand me. Why do I need to move from here to there? Why I'm not coming back? My, I, I remember my grandmother's really complaining, when are you back? And uh, that frustrated me in some ways because first, I, they didn't understand what I was doing. Second, uh, I was not going to give up on my life to to, to yeah. go there to go back to it uh, because of them i i never i felt guilty many times that i wasn't able to fulfill their yeah. dreams yeah. but i also felt that i would be even more guilty if i could not follow my own dreams so it was hard on the start but I think, well, after 12 years, of course, like people get used to it and uh, you survive and uh, you live your life and they, they kind of uh, start trusting you or they start to admire you by what you have mm -hmm. gone through. It's, it's never translatable, right? Like your experiences that you carry with you is like, they you change who you are, they you change how you deal with the situations, but it doesn't mean that... Uh, everyone else you really understand it. if there is anything that covid brought us that was good was this uh, 
for me to not to explain that to even though I work yeah. at home, I do work because <laughs> everyone was doing that. Yeah. And I actually uh, heard the greatest thing too, uh, that uh, were my friends that never thought they could work at home, being able mm. to work at home and more than that, being more productive yeah. than ever. Yeah. And I think it's great as well that a lot of companies have now they've sort of broken up their weeks or it's two days at home, three weeks in the office where a few years ago that would have never happened. It was, okay, this company, we all work nine to five in the office, Monday to Friday. If you're, if that doesn't work for you, it's not going to work out for you in this company where now I think, yeah, a lot of people are more understand, understanding, flexible and open to that remote side of things, which is amazing. Yeah, made more people realize that um, most of the work they, they actually did at the office, they could yeah. do at home. Yeah. And a lot of positions, this is for a lot of positions. It's not just about uh, technology. Like uh, my husband is an engineer. He's in the sales team. He can, he just have calls yeah, all yeah. the time and he does proposals and those are all digital and it is not exclusively of developers and designers anymore. It's really about the mobility of your work. Do you need just a phone and uh, your computer? It doesn't mean that you need to be a developer or a designer. Mm. You can just go with it. So it is what kind of office you need. Oh, you are shooting videos but uh, you are doing that at the studio so your studio could be anywhere <laughs> so my next question is can you really have it all can you have business and pleasure can you have a balance yes you do you can i do and you should find a way for you to, to have that too so sometimes the the mix is that i i do work 20 hours a week and the, the rest is my time. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I work 60 hours a week and the rest is mine. Yeah. So it is about you finding what's right for you and what is the right balance. Like I do have things that I put in my calendar. For example, I take two hours to go to the gym every second day and I go there, I swim, I go to the gym and I go to the sauna and I have this fun time just with myself. I'm taking care of my body. And yes, this is an agreement that you stay and it doesn't matter if I have a new customer or not, that mm. you will be keep kept there because this is the routine that I have to take care of myself. So you have to decide which points are the ones that you want to have. You want to watch a series, like I do watch some series. You want to uh, study, I study every day. Uh, do you want to yeah, learn something new? Do you want to uh, improve your health? Do you want to um, have a date mm. every every week uh, in summer, some days? So I have those things that are most important. They are blocked on my calendar. They have their time and nothing you get on top of it. So I think I call that quality life and a lot of people today cannot choose that. And the other thing I also try to do is to every month spend a weekend away. So I am not uh, living somewhere else anymore, but I can at least spend some days outside and yeah. uh, have some fun in a different uh, city. 
Thank you so much for, for joining us, Carla. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I will include all of your information, your links, your Twitter in the show notes. Um, so if anyone wants to reach out to Carla, you'll be able to do that. Thank you so much to everybody for listening and we'll see you again soon. Mm-hmm.